0: hello and welcome back to another episode of free and figuring it out thank you so much for tuning in today i hope you are in for a treat i don't even know what you're in for so who knows (laughs) well (laughs) um i am this week figuring out clubhouse and i (sighs) (laughs) uh, very easily rolled her eyes i feel like i've been waiting forever to be was to get an invite. And we all, as marketers, there's the growth marketing, growth hacking side of it, which is clever and they're making all the hype and making it that you can only get in by inviting someone. And so that's been very frustrating because it's clearly started by them letting people in the back door. So the people they invited into the app were American. And so I felt mm. that in like female entrepreneur circles, people that I follow, I've seen them all commenting, about I didn't really know that many people in Britain that had it yet. And I was like, this is never going to trickle down. Yeah,
1: I've seen that a few times. And isn't that the Facebook strategy, the initial one? Wasn't that an invite element to that? I can't remember, but it was very American heavy at first, wasn't it? I know it's through universities and colleges, but I'm sure really at the start, I think there was an element of, of invite.
0: Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong it's it's something that other businesses have definitely used like, like nothing's spring, springing to my mind but there are other businesses that have used it but i think i what i've never necessarily noticed before is so we could say hotmail use the same strategy of like once you were in that you know on their the bottom of all their emails it said like this is sent from hotmail if you want an account use it and that was mm. different because it was actually using people to try and spread the message Whereas actually this whole thing of we've only let so many people in the door and therefore it's t- actually it's probably not even growth hacking it's probably the complete opposite because it's meant it's taken a while because normally when you first enter the app you only get two invitations so it's just become so exclusive and it's felt like I just want to get in, I want to get in. And if you don't know any friends to get you through the door, you're like sitting as Billy no mates.
1: Oh my God, it's literally my idea of hell. This, this is just <laughs> like, I so, hate this sort of thing. So, so let's take a step back. What, What is for the grannies out there like me, yeah. what is this?
0: So, it is a new social media app that is voice only. So, in the app, when you're actually in the app, there is no, um, you don't make any content that lives, what's just really weird. So there's no like content that you're making that will exist for any length of time. You're basically going, you're creating rooms and other people can join and all you can do is see their profile picture and you just are talking to each other. So it's, you literally, I, I can be sitting in bed doing it because it's all you're doing is just audio. Like just have your headphones in, just have your phone in front of you and you're just talking and there's no, like your profile when you go to actual profile um you can like actually unlike the other social media platforms you can have loads of information about you that's great and then it either clicks through to your twitter or your instagram so actually what it means is there's no there's no one-on-one conversations really in the like in the platform it's actually just you being in groups with people having conversations and like people set up rooms with topics and then if you want to go any further really at the moment it's like you end up having to go on twitter or instagram to then actually get into their dms and take things on so from a marketing perspective there are so many things my brain's just like <laughs>
1: and who is it for everyone is it is does it want to be like the audio version of facebook or
0: Well, this is the thing that's interesting. So I absolutely believe the original people they let in were, like, VC. I feel like there's a lot of um, Silicon Valley people in there. Then there are some big names, um, like I would say, from my type of world, from, like, marketing and American. So, like, people like Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield have, like, dropped in their rooms and stuff. So they've got big business, like, real I don't even know what like, VC business even is anymore, but that type of world. But then they have got mm. like online businessy people. But then there mm. are, um, obviously it's now trickled down, there are some very normal people in there. And there are, when you first go in, you can like choose your interests and there definitely are interests based around like, like I tick like women and I tick black. So there are rooms that I do come up on my feed that are just like women having conversations about like lots of topics. So they clearly are lots of normal people in there that are having conversations. And I think what's, you know, what's probably really powerful right now is lots of people are at home. And I think that idea of like wanting connection and wanting people to talk to, because they can do it anywhere. Like you can just be doing it when you're in a walk, you can do it when you're in bed. People are having those conversations about anything. But I think from a, like a business person, there is definitely like sufficient numbers of people that are like, this is a great way to grow business. And they are, using their running rooms that are around their expertise. So, I mean, you can go in, obviously you can get tips and you can get tricks. And it's a bit like when people would do lives in their Facebook group. That's what I feel okay. like it's the closest to, is this idea when you used to go to people's Facebook groups and they would do lives and they like, you'd have that sort of, like you were in their space, you're in their community. But what happens as an individual is when you first go in the app, you're like, you're a listener, but you can raise your hand and then you can technically go to what's called the stage and when you're <laughs> when you're on the stage it means then you can talk so you can do that so you can do questions and answers and you might just ask if it's like a big name quite often you just ask a question but if they don't push you back down then it ends up being you can stay out there and then someone else you might actually be able to provide some value so yeah it's an it's weird and it's so hard to, try to explain it because I think when you're not in it because it's not like anything else like for me I don't even feel like it's fair calling it a social media app because I'm like, it's it's not like TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter in the sense like you don't have a personal feed in terms of you're not having to make any content other than you just are actively talking in the rooms that you go in. Would you
1: say it's more of a communication platform? Or is yeah. it is it a hybrid maybe? I don't it's, know. I think
0: it's probably some sort of hybrid. Mm. And I think that's what's interesting to see how it stays we all know like so many apps like you know instagram is nowhere near what it was like when it like originally started for example um you know facebook was actually just for university people to connect originally now it's the whole world like so many apps change that i'm really intrigued how it's gonna continue because right now it definitely does feel like communication and real the the point about it that i think it's like the differentiator is You can't fake it. So whereas, like, for me, like, being in a room with Amy Porterfield, like, we all know that she probably ain't doing her social media no more. Like, she's got some big team. They're all churning that out. She has a photo shoot. She's getting more and more polished every day I see her. It's like, someone is (laughs) taking those photos, editing it. And don't get me wrong, she does her podcast. Like, we know that's real. But it's the same thing as we know we like, like, but, you know, we're honest i'm not recording this right now for you me and very recording this on the weekend and it will come out for you on friday this is like yeah. if you are in their room you know right at that moment in time they are actually having to do this it's like it's that real time moment which i think mm. feels the most different to all the other platforms and because their voice you can't fake it ain't no one got this voice yeah, <laughs> yeah true true well
1: Going back to 2006 where I resisted Facebook for as long as I could and then finally give in, I will do the same with this. I'm sure it will catch me up at some point. But, um, no, it does sound interesting and I keep seeing everybody talk about it. So I think the momentum is definitely there.
0: Yeah, the momentum definitely there. But what I would say is, like, to and to anyone else, particularly any women that are listening to this that do have a business, you know, I didn't go on TikTok for ages, and I remember feeling like I'm missing out for my business I'm missing out for my business and I always say like you can't be everywhere and you can't do everything my attitude had very much been like I got an invite I was like I'm gonna go in for a month I'm gonna give it my all I'm gonna see how it works for me and whether it's mm-hmm. worthwhile and that I think is like the right attitude to have like I think I have lots of conversations about like what is a shiny ob- shiny object that's just distracting you and what is useful and I think yeah go into these things and see but like actually have if you're using it for business like if you're using personal cool but if you actually are thinking about using it for business think what do I want this to do and if like you've been there for like yeah you set yourself a few weeks a month and if it's not giving you those sort of results or you're not even starting to get any momentum that you could see having the impact you want go back to what you've been using and don't add another thing with more notifications into your life
1: yeah yeah yeah, no, I, I agree. And just last question who because I am um, when you said you were in it, and obviously I, I have my organization and I um, messaged my colleague who's Generation Z and said, what are your thoughts on Clubhouse? Do you think it could help us as an organization? And she was like, what is that? So I don't know why I assumed it was a Generation Z thing, probably because TikTok is and that was the most recent like massive social media type thing. So you know final thing like what who do you think it is attracting
0: so uh, I mean based on the rooms I have been in I absolutely haven't wouldn't have said there's loads of young people what I would say that's been interesting I think that you're right with TikTok it was like young people and it was like they were the thing and then it felt like it was then getting taken over by businesses and that's when them and like more old people came on it was social Mm. first was actually because of the people. That some of the people I think that got the first invites, in a way, this is sort of the way around. Like, there were, I have met so many people this week that I would describe as like in their 40s business women who are British that I've literally never heard of or like come across once because they're basically rubbish at Instagram (laughs) and maybe had a good Facebook or LinkedIn, but like not clearly not on Instagram that are in there. And people that are committing, like I'm seeing some business women that I'm like, I know you've got a seven seven figure business and you're doing like a seven till 9am call Monday to Friday. Like you've actually set aside 10 hours of your life now for this what yeah it's definitely like old, like Mm -hmm. and i was like listening to one the other day that was like rob Moore. i reckon he must be in his i'm assuming he's in his 40s like there's some i definitely i'm not say looking at it thinking i'm an old lady let's just say that for sure
1: okay like we feel on tiktok i'm like what am i doing how do i post what's this filter okay well yes i will I'm sure I'll be on it at some point. Oh, but, but I should do a shout time. out,
0: shouldn't I? So just in case anyone wants to find me, if you want to come oh, join yeah. me, if you want to chat to me, hear more of this voice, then uh, my handle is Sherelle Griff. So f Because as always, well, not as always, but I feel like it's the Twitter days all over again. You're only allowed a handle that's 15 characters. Shocking. Oh, no. I hate that. Mm,
1: that's terrible. Well, um, go follow Sherelle if you have Clubhouse. Is it an app or is it a yeah, it's an app? Like, it's an app. Get the app, follow her, be invited, enjoy your house of clubbing. Um so my, what I'm trying to figure out this week is very, very different. But it's just to do with um kind of purpose and abundance. So I think I've raised this before, but I think I was like, yes, I found my purpose. And then I've done more inner work and then I'm like, no, I don't know what it is again. And I'm going around. And I think the more people I say this to, the more like, yep, that is life. That is mm. life. You just keep going in circles. And I suppose that's part of growing and becoming the woman you meant to be and, and rada rah Um rad-a-rad-a-ra. It'd be nice to, <laughs> to have a break from it, but never mind. Um, So, so yeah, so I've just been thinking around the lines of, you know, people who I, I've basically been working through, finding expanders people who have achieved what i want to achieve and so i can look at them and think that's possible they've done Mm -hmm. it and so i'm looking at people who both follow their purpose and are abundant from it now when i say abundance this has been changing for me as well a lot recently because initially when i used to say abundance i meant cash i meant Mm. cold hard cash and i still mean that to a level i still have a desire to be a wealthy woman um because i know what good i can do with it and also i want a nice life and i'm not going to hide away from that but i think something that sparked in me was um so i don't know if i've said but i'm going to be doing some lecturing in business um starting from next week which i'm excited and nervous about um and when I was looking at roles, I've really been working on my self-worth and I was like, I'm definitely worth this amount. And I suppose in hindsight, I shouldn't have gone for this role because it was less than what I said I was worthy of, but something pushed me too, because I think I just thought, oh, I'll just start at the highest pay bracket. And, you know, and so I got the role, but it didn't, I wasn't able to start the highest pay bracket just because I don't have any teaching qualifications. So they have to like put me through this mini course and stuff. Um, And, but the holiday with it is immense. Like the amount of days holiday you get, is incredible. And randomly my best friend got a job, I think the same week that I did a new job and it was kind of the opposite way around for her I think we've not gone into detail but I'm assuming she'll be getting paid more than me but her holiday is like probably like a third less yeah. and so it just really got me thinking about this whole first of all p- purpose as a thing on its own but really connected to abundance like when when I say you know, like, I want to be abundant in my purpose, you know, what does that actually mean? Like, does it mean I make 100 grand a year? Does it mean I make 50 grand a year, but I get to take six months off a year? Like what? And it and that's been something that I've been playing with a lot in my head, because I think initially I'd have gone, it's all about the cash. And it isn't quite for me now. So, or is it both? Can you have both? Can you work three months a year and make 500 grand and is it just about what you want and what you determine you know
0: yeah I mean for me there's two things so firstly I think it's really interesting when when I think it's only when you're put in the position between because to me it's about time that's like time abundance and money abundance and those Mm. two things so um I used to work for Ticketmaster and when I got that job they were a company that's unlimited holiday and they as far as I was concerned the salary wasn't as good as it should have been but they really leaned on the fact of this like unlimited holiday now i knew the person i was replacing and i knew for her how amazing unlimited holiday was because she wasn't originally from england and was clearly in england and spending long weekends across europe every single like other weekend like she was traveling lots whereas i was like i i'm not i don't travel that often i get my sunny week somewhere if I get a bit of overtime, time, I'm cool. Like I'm cool with a basic 20 days a week done. So I was mm-hmm. like, I want money, babes. Like Unlimited holidays, you use this to me. Like I pushed myself to even use my 20 days. I know. Um, <laughs> and so for, so since then, it I was very apparent for me, like the time versus the money thing. And then mm. now it's, it's the first thing I actually do with clients when I'm talking about growing a business they want is I'm like, actually for you, like what is that trade-off? And for some people it very much is. If I could make, if they've got a certain amount of money, but they're like, if I could make that in the smallest amount of possible time of working, that is the best combination for me. Mm. Like, even if I know I could make more, if I'd rather just be like, this is how much money I've got to make, and let's try and work out the smallest amount of time I have to do to make it. Yeah. They just want all the time. And I think also that changes through like seasons of your life. And like you said, I think for you, Verity, that's the thing is, you know, you go through times where like money is important. And, you know, like I'll be, the times where I would have been like, yeah, I was getting a mortgage. So th- that top number is the most important thing because that's what the government, that's what we get times by four or 4.5. And that's what makes mm-hmm. you get your mortgage. Whereas at other times you're like, actually, you know, my financial situation is in an okay place. And what I really want is like, more free. i just want to be able to do what i want more um and that yeah. might be and that might be time and hours but some people it's flexibility and that's what we've seen in the last year For some people just that work from home actually made their life so much better because they're like i don't have to do my commute anymore i don't have to be in a place i don't want to be like necessarily so there is abundance i think in the broadest sense is a really interesting one for you to like measure up the different like like verticals or strands they could be within it um yeah it will change over time.
1: Mm, no, it's it is interesting, definitely a thing to ponder and figure out. But yeah, mm-hmm. so um, in terms of what I've been have kind of having a read of this week, I'm going to mix it up a little bit because I've been. I'm due to move back to my hometown again. Oh,
0: we're moving back <laughs> home. We'll both be back in our hometowns at the same <laughs> I know. time.
1: I know. For a short period of time and um so I'm sorting through things and and stuff and it's not as chaotic as any of my other moves because I've really you know um, brought things down but what I have a lot of are notes and scribbles and notebooks and piece of paper and everything and so I've been coming across them and it's so funny and I think we mentioned this in our Christmas and New Year episodes but just to go back and look at what you've written um, and I think you have to do this with a kind heart because I noticed that oh I don't know maybe 78% of the time I'm still trying to figure out the things that I wrote two years ago <laughs> and I think rather than being like oh my god woman why haven't you figured this out yet I just have to be like okay okay you th- this is the year to do this you know and um, and like budgeting was an example of that I wrote budgeting on a on a in a notebook and nothing underneath it was blank and that was like the journal entry the page before was like October 2019 so I was like you know 18 months ago I was like mm, okay yeah let's um, maybe
0: do that this year this so is the point where I was like Farity. I know I know if you can't see me so you can't see how much I'm just like ah. But it, it is, it's really funny and
1: just, yeah, I don't know. It's like um, a little moment to kind of have with yourself as well. I think when you're doing so much inner work or journal and stuff, you kind of, you're always either present or reflecting on the past or thinking of the future. And then it's just nice to kind of reread those things sometimes mm. and just, you know... So um so yeah so that's that's been my kind of thing this week. I've just been like really going over all the things I've scribbled to myself over the
0: years. Well, we couldn't have been reading more oppositely <laughs> because <laughs> I'm reading probably I don't know if it's the maybe second or third largest book I've ever read in my life. Okay. Oh so I'm currently reading on the topic of cold hard cash yes votey um <laughs> the intelligent investor the subtitles, the definitive book of on value investing by benjamin graham and this is a book that has been recommended so many times and if you do if you're ever thinking of doing anything to do with like investing in shares and stocks and like thinking about your long-term future and your pension and all those types of things this book comes up over and over again but so i've got this version that's um, the the original version was 1949, so oh. I now have this version that's like all the original stuff, and then there's some commentary. So where I think where they're either trying to say what's happened since then, or like what's still relevant, or like trying to help people understand it because it is a dense book. Um, and so it is 536 pages, like the main mm. actual, not the appendices and stuff, just the actual just
1: quickly how what's the average but it's probably 250 300 is yeah. it about
0: i would say now and nowadays i think it's even lower like i think right. an average book that comes out now i would say is 200 250 like i think okay. 200 has become like that sweet spot but i would have said a little yeah. while ago yeah yeah 200 to 200 300 like i'm really conscious because of propel House book club when i'm choosing books and thinking if it's 300 that's like 10 pages a day and once you get more than that you're like okay come on So the only books that I've read that have been a big is like um, Awaken the Giant Within. I think that's like a good 400 plus by Tony Robbins. And then Money, Master the Game or Master the Wealth or something again by Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins just likes to write ridiculously long books but in a way they're not as I think this is because also it's old slightly old English like you know it's written in the 40s it's on a topic of numbers so I feel like yeah if I don't say anything about what I'm reading next week you've got to give me sort of a break <laughs> because <laughs> this is going to take a few weeks for me to get through but I'm really happy that I finally set aside and um, set aside the time to do it because 2020 was a year that I said I wanted to get back into investing yeah. and um you know I, I did start and this is part of me trying to take that up to the next level like I am absolutely determined that I will retire comfortably <laughs> and I'm like whilst everyone says all these negative things about millennials um and they're like no one's gonna have a pension you're all gonna have to work till you 70 etc etc I'm like no it's not gonna happen and this is part of me making sure that's not gonna happen
1: sounds great I well you know how I feel about pensions so um yes anyway let's move on from that topic discussion for the future no it does sound good and I know you keep talking about investing and you know like we say there's women who listen to this podcast who are more where I am in terms of you know I don't own property savings are Pretty much non-existent there's some debt and i'm building my relationship with money and there's women like yourself who have you know been building that for a bit longer and and really want to take it to the next level so i think it's important for us to just discuss all these things around money you know because we're all in different stages aren't we And, and uh so yeah well talking about money and a woman making her own money and making it grow. Um, there was a um, film released on Netflix. I think it must have been the, this week because I've only oh. just seen it, but it's called I Am Woman. And it's based on the singer Helen Reddy, who sang the song I Am Woman. Do you know it, Sherelle? No, I don't know it. Oh, do you- it's interesting, and I think I know it only because like I'm a bit of a... Well, I realise this now, like, I will listen to any sort of music. Like, music just is, like, my soul. And so I think maybe I've just come across it through listening to 60s mixes on Spotify or whatever. Um, but I think the main reason I know it, which, oh, God, don't kill me, feminists, is because of Sex and the City when they sang it on the movie, <laughs> So that's, that's like the image I have in my head. Um, but yeah, basically, it's about her. She um, starts in 1966. She's a single mum, three-year-old daughter. Um, she leaves her life in Australia from New York to find stardom. Um, and basically, she was going to be offered a record contract. It doesn't come through. She meets a guy. The guy's like, I'm going to make you famous. They moved to L.A., and then you know she's singing all these songs like oh i love you you're the best i'll do anything for you let me obey you you know like late 60s type Mm -hmm. obviously this was the era of the beatles and the rolling stones so it was the the male pop groups that were dominating the industry um the music industry um and then yeah she basically writes this song i am woman which um in turn accidentally I suppose becomes the theme to the um sort of women's equality um revolution um you know obviously the the, there was a huge episode with um the equality rights amendment um and you know women's marches and it's weird me saying this because I feel like this could be this year or last year I feel like we've not really moved forward in some ways um but I know that that we have but yeah so and then it just kind of follows her life her marriage her children um and yeah it's just it's a lovely film it really makes you think about how hard it is to be a woman sometimes In industries, especially that are male-dominated, and I think um, I I do I've, I think we've had this conversation before, but I I don't know if it's how I was raised or what, but I never saw me being a woman as a problem. Mm. I just always thought that I was um, equal, uh, which I suppose in hindsight maybe was a bit naive of me. I know that my path has been easier being a white woman Um, and so maybe I was a bit more ignorant to the lack of equality when it comes to gender, race, sexuality, you know, whatever affects you, but it's, um, yeah, it makes me reflect a lot now on my life and should I have been more pushy in that bit and should I have not taking no in that bit and yeah it, it's it's interesting I think
0: as a woman it's quite a powerful piece to watch mm, I'll put that on my list because you know I like a good strong woman
1: <laughs> yeah it. and on that I need to ask you I know I've I know I've spoken about this on the podcast before but have you and I know you don't really watch tv but have you watched um how to get away with murder no because her character is unbelievably strong and inspirational, um, especially as a black woman, like, mm. and Viola
0: Davis is just the most incredible actress. So, okay. um, Well, I am and- allowing, I am allowing myself to watch. I'm watching TV from like now because of lockdown. I'm actually in order to try and make that distinction between like work week and the weekend. I'm actually watching more TV because. I think that's starting to replace actually having like a social oh, nice. life if that makes sense <laughs> so I like on a Friday night I like we'll have a takeaway and watch a movie and then I am um, allowing myself to watch I'm not feeling I don't know I suppose it's just yeah I'm like it is what it is now so I I can add that to the list I'm not going to say I'm going to hmm. watch it all in like 10 seconds like everyone else but I am getting <laughs> through some tv hence the the nowhere near serious thing I watched this week Which was Godmothered Which was a Disney <laughs> film <laughs> So for um, some context My dad chose his film. <laughs> I, I love, love how, your dad <laughs> I love how basically He's like going through uh, And thinking like What films can I watch Because I'll be like Okay Friday night We can watch a film together And he's trying to find something That's like He calls it family friendly um, <laughs> So this was a family friendly <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically this idea of a um a godmother a fairy godmother in training so there is a training school for all these fairy godmothers so the fairy godmothers mm. that you know cinderella and the other princesses that just magically appear in all these fairy tales they actually do have training to become this miraculous thing however um in order to uh, be a fairy godmother like they have to go into like the real world and have an assignment and actually like do the work they need to do but over the last X amount of years assignments are becoming less and less and they're getting to the point where basically um it's sort of threatened that um she's never gonna get to really be a fairy godmother and in actual fact she's gonna have to become a tooth fairy and that for some reason seems to be like the worst thing you could have ever told this woman. <laughs> like she's literally oh, no. like no way am I going to be a tooth fairy and so, devotion <laughs> she's like no and so she manages to like find like through all the like the archives basically what turns out to be the last assignment that was ever so the last time someone was like dear fairy godmother can you help me with this so she goes into the real world to go and help however when she gets to the real world it's basically very different to the world that she'd imagined it and what I really like is i think it's quite funny for disney to have made this because it really makes you question like what is happily ever after because obviously a fairy godmother is meant to help you to make ultimately get your happy ever after i'm mm. like all the disney films until a few years ago were all about making the happy ever after and i will still argue surely like all the money like most of the merchandise i would still argue is mainly the princesses and it's you know it's about happy ever after so for a film that makes you really question that um and the role of fairy godmothers and makes you look at life today and really like says well you know is this still something we can achieve today what does it look like today um for me i was just like oh like it's not i'd have expected it not to have come from disney if that makes sense are we saying disney's
1: become woke (laughs) (laughs) That feels like a stretch. Yeah, Yeah. I know what you mean. And I know that obviously that they've diversified recently in so many ways in what they produce. But I think as millennial women are happily ever afterwards, find a lovely prince and your life will be complete, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was very white, heteronormative uh, style. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Did you enjoy it? Because I've watched it, and it was a nice bit of joy for me.
0: Yeah, it was just as I said. Like I literally, it was a Friday night, just nice chilled. I the thing is, I do love a, fa- a fairy tale anyway. But what I liked was, I just was like, actually, it's not like it wasn't a, a normal fairy tale. But I thought. It, like, made me think about a few things, but it wasn't deep, if that makes sense. Like, it was so mm. it's so superficial and so light and, like, family-friendly. But actually it actually just made me think a little bit. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's okay. a bit cash. And then I have finally chosen my word of the year. So <gasps> a few episodes ago... Da, 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 da. I know, a few episodes ago for the new year, me and Verity talked about what you can do on New Year's Day and in the first couple of weeks. And one of those... I think I did mention about choosing a word for the year. Yes, and you did. I, but I hadn't chosen mine, and it's been something I've been really struggling with. And I'd been like, oh, I don't want this or that, and I had this long list, and you know, pros and cons, and trying to work it out, and looking at definitions, and you know, Cheryl going around the hills, and then I finally, finally landed on courage, and that has been part of the inspiration for today's life prompt. So today's life prompt is: What is something you want to do but haven't yet because of fear? because the reason why i've chose courage this year is because i i was like who knows what's going to happen we have no idea but what i do know is that for the growth i want to see in my life and all the change that's going to happen in my business as well i'm going to have to face lots of fears and i just need the courage to do that and so for me there is a big thing about like not letting fear stop you so yeah so just as a reminder that life prompt is what is something you want to do but haven't yet because of fear so yeah down yes
1: I think the there could be a few things that come up for people as well could you know like it's it's quite it's a question that I think could really pull out you know what you are just not following through with because you're scared of for, for
0: some reason well some of there's two things There's what have you said you want to do and you're not following through with it. And that's like definitely a real thing. And that's something I see Mm -hmm. often. But what's more dangerous is the things that you're so scared of, you don't even admit, like you never even write it down on your goals list. You never even tell someone else about it because you're that genuinely scared. It's like, I'm not even gonna bring it into the world into any existence in any shape or form.
1: So like you don't allow yourself to go there because what? Because yeah. it feels so unobtainable, or you think that that could never be me, that never happened to me, or that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I just think there's some things mm. that feel so big, and in order to achieve them, like we just have so much fear around it that we just don't even like it. Never even makes it to paper. Like it never, yeah, you never even tell someone. Oh yeah, this is something I'd like to do. It's just actually- yeah, it's too scary to even get out there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's a good one. I think people will enjoy doing that one. So, well, I think that's it for this week um we hope you've had a good week we know there's lots going on in the world still with everything we're in lockdown in england aren't we We um we don't know when it will end um but obviously counting our blessings for being you know safe and healthy um but we will still be back next friday Mm. to keep you company um as always if you have any comments any questions any suggestions any guests you would like us to have on the show, then drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com or find us on social media. You can DM us on Instagram and Facebook at freeandfiguringitout. We will be back next week.